Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Would you like to come back to Philadelphia? I mean, who wouldn't want to come here? It's a great spot. Great place. Love it here. The voice of C.J. Gardner-Johnson, Jerry Surbowick. Welcome back. Hugh Douglas, Joe Giglio, WIP Midday Show. Kyle Quinn behind the glass. You guys with us, 215-592-9494. It's how you join the show. One hour from now, of Elliot in studio talking about all this stuff. So the Gardner-Johnson one, you that that's that feels like the most um, interesting and early intriguing one because the, the tag window is open, right? They could tag players now. Yes. We talked about a report yesterday from Adam Kaplan. The Eagles might tag Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, he just feels like the kind of guy with his age that makes the most sense for them to bring back. He's like, what, 25? Yeah. 25. He's the kind of guy, like, if he wasn't an Eagle, I would say they might sign him in free agency. He's perfect. Yeah. Yeah, experienced, um, good player. Versatile. Really, good player, yeah. So, yeah, I I could definitely see that. But when the call – one of the callers called in early and said, you know, this is a DB-rich draft. Mm -hmm. Now, like, if it doesn't work out or if he doesn't want to sign a tender, what do you do then? Do you let him go and go go out and get one of these young corners? And there's a bunch of guys in this draft. It seems like they could play corner or safety, which is kind of what he like, does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and that's what you're looking at. You you. But I don't know. Like some of the guys that I'm thinking about right off the top of my head, the ones that I'm familiar with, you know, watching SEC football, like Akili Ringo. I don't know if he's a he's a he's a fit to play that safety position or is that versatile. He can definitely cover. He can definitely lock you up. But you know, if, if you can get it done, try to get it done. Try to get it done as soon as possible. Yeah, and he, he's a guy that might be early because of the, the tag. 215-592-9494. Look, Howie Roseman did an incredible job one year ago. I mean, he, he, he may have hit the offseason. He may have hit a – we talk about batting average. Or he may have hit 1,000 last offseason. I mean, it was just hit after hit after hit. 100%, man. It, it, it really was, Howie, I mean, all the way through a Super Bowl. <laughs> but last time we were in this spot, he couldn't sustain it. And really, look at his career. Look at the Eagles under Howie Roseman. Hugh, they have some seasons here where it's incredible, right? They have playoff runs. They have a Super Bowl championship, another Super Bowl appearance. But the next years, I mean, look, they won 13 games in 2017. The next year, 9-9-4. And then now 14. Like, I want – I think this whole city wants 10 or 11 or 12 or 13 or 14 next year. It's hard to – do you trust Howie Roseman to do it right this time, to get it right this time? He admitted last time he didn't get it right. 215-592-9494. Warren – is up here at WIP. Hey, Warren. Warren. Hey, Joe. Hugh. What's going on, man? How you doing? How you doing, man? I'm doing good. How you doing? I am awesome. All right. There's uh, one thing that um, when you're talking about uh, Howie Roseman, Joe, um, you're talking about Howie Roseman and staff, correct? Yeah, Howie and his staff. Yeah, obviously. Right. Yeah. Yep. And you, you know, you heard all the stories this past year that Howie lost a lot of his key uh, employees or, you know, consultants in his department so i think if if we're going to say does howie have a good year this year i think that might be problematic from the beginning because i think he lost a lot of his key people so that would be concern number one well you're so right you're, about i mean you're, you're right about that ian cunningham went to the brown I, mean, he, he, I think in total they lost about three or four of like his assistant kind of gm exactly, people yeah exactly now Hugh wouldn't know that because he wasn't all in the you know the news for the philadelphia area so that's number one. And number two is how he could pick the right players, but then if they're not utilized properly or they're not, um, they, they don't sink in well with all the existing players, that's, it, it does take time to acclimate. So I don't know if you give Howie a pass for, you know, plug and play like Hugh was saying for the first year, because it, it's not like 
you can plug all kinds of new people in and expect the same results with what he's done before. So is there a pass for the first year or is there not? Well, Is that an option or, or no? Well, see, this is how I look at it. Because, like, the, the perfect example of plug-and-play pay- players to me is the model that the Pittsburgh Steelers have followed for years. Mm-hmm. I think that the Philadelphia Eagles, when you look at certain players that they have, say from starting with me, uh, Trent Cole, Brandon Graham, there's a certain type of player that they look at at key positions that they want to draft. So as far as plug-and-play guys, yeah, I think they can do that. I think that there's a certain model that they want to follow as far as the defensive players are concerned. They want D-tackles that can get up the field and rush the pass a little bit. They want fast edge rushers that can play physical. So I think that, to your point, that they can go out and identify guys in the draft that are like that. The key is this. Like, like every team in the, in the NFL has this. They have a draft board, and the Eagles have everybody's draft needs on their board and everything like that. So they're, they're going to be strategic in, in where they potentially think players are going to land, who they potentially think they're going to get, and they're going to target certain guys that they feel that will fit their scheme that they can actually get. So I think with all of that being said that – you know, when you talk about losing all the people that you've lost and everything, they're going to be there's a next man up mentality in the NFL because everybody loses key Absolutely. people and stuff like Absolutely. that. So I, I think that they'll be fine. But to your point, I, yeah, Howie has to hit a home run with this one. He has to hit a home run. And to, to Joe's point, I don't think Howie does well with with plug and play. He seems to do well with picking off uh, other players from other teams, you know, from from the NFL, but he doesn't seem to do well in the draft. That. That seems to be his his weak strength to to find and analyze the players correctly. Well, so. especially the first round, Warren. And Warren, we appreciate the phone call. I mean, it, it's it's and, and you you said it a few minutes ago. But, you know, he's he's like every other GM in the first round. Some hits, some misses. But if the, if they're going to lose all these guys this offseason, those two first round picks are going to have to play next year. I don't know what positions they're going to be. Maybe it's corner, defensive line. Maybe there's an offensive line in there. I I don't know. You know, we'll see when we get to the draft. But there's no question, like. The, the like Jordan Davis, Cam Jurgens, and Nicobe Dean, their first three draft picks last year, they didn't play much because they mm-hmm. didn't have to. This team was so loaded, they just were role players or in the case Rotating of Jurgens, guys yeah, and stuff like that. Jurgens didn't even play, and and it, he didn't have to. That's over. Like now, when you go to a new kind of level of your team where your quarterback gets paid, you lose, you know, veterans. Those guys got to play, and that worries me a little bit. Like, is the tenth pick in the draft? I don't know who it's going to be, but whoever, right, a corner or a defensive lineman, is he going to be ready to play day one? He better be. Yeah, especially when you talk about the people that you're losing, the people that are going to be rolling in. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to keep that depth going. They might be depth guys. They might be some guys that pick up what, what coach is putting down quickly enough so that they can get out there on the field and be productive right away. There's a lot of things that go into why or why not a, a, a certain first-round draft pick is not playing right away. Maybe he's not picking up the defense. Maybe he's not adjusting to certain things that they're putting out there. Maybe that maybe that's the case. Or maybe they're, they're in a situation where – they want to just teach them one part or one aspect of the defense so that they can get good at that and then try to put them out there a little later. Well, then the other part, you mentioned the defense, which I think is interesting here. So when they built the team from 16 to 17 and won a Super Bowl, built the team 22, you know, 21 to 22 and won a Super Bowl, there was continuity here on the coaching staff, right? Jim Schwartz was back as the defensive coordinator at the 17. Doug Peterson, obviously the head coach and the play caller. And last year, the same thing. We don't even know who the defensive coordinator is right yeah. now. Like, yeah. they're setting a draft board, right? I, I know all this stuff is starting. Next week is the combine. They're going to go out there and they're going to look at, at all these kids. Who I don't even know who the defensive <laughs> yeah. coordinator is. I was just about to say, there's my defensive coordinator. He's out in Arizona. Yeah, you're going to go to the combine and be like, hey, we're going to look at players. Like, I don't know who the, who, the, who the defense coordinator is. But I will say this. This morning, just looking at some little different blogs and everything, Looks like Jim Leonard is, is you know, he's interviewing and everything, the, the defense coordinator for Wisconsin. He might be the guy. Seems like he caught your attention. Just Well, no, you know what it is, man. I was reading a little bit, something that I rarely do, but I, since I've been here, I've been doing a little bit more. Of. And uh, it was just talking about his philosophy and how he he's a hard, he's a gritty guy. He's, a, he's an aggressive defense coordinator. I'm not that keen on college coaches. I'm really not. But when you talk about a guy who, who has played in the NFL, went to college, hit the ground running here. I think that, you know, that might be somebody that you could potentially look at. I know everybody's talking about Vance Joseph. I know Doc likes Vance Joseph. Don't know how those interviews are going. Just trying to figure out, man, I'm just trying to figure out who we can get that's going to take this defense to the next level That is that could potentially be what Philadelphia needs or, and likes as far as the defense coordinator. Yeah, so the burning question there, Hugh, about Jim Leonard is how much does he blitz? No, no, they said he gets after it. They, they said he's a guy that gets after him. And, you know, 
he was he 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 learned under Rex Ryan. He learned under Rex. Well, Ryan. Rex blitzed. Yeah, and, and they were talking about his defensive coordinator that was in Wisconsin with him, Dave Aranda. They said he's a guy that has these. He knew a lot about the offensive concepts in college, and as we both know, the college the college playbook is starting to be played a lot in the NFL nowadays. The, the run pass mm-hmm. option situation that's a lot. So you know. Maybe maybe you need to start thinking outside the box just a little bit. So by, just by a few degrees of separation, he's a Buddy Ryan disciple. Well, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, hey, that might get people excited a <laughs> little bit, go. huh? So he's a, he was a grinder and a scrapper as a player. Yeah. He's a Buddy Ryan disciple. Oh. That and sounds it, like Philadelphia a little bit. Oh, yeah, he's a little bit. I, you know what? I'm sold. Jim Leonard's a guy. 215 592 Just like that. That was that easy? That easy. Okay. Well, I liked okay. him as a player. So he's got that on me too. 215-592-9494. One, one other quick thing on that, and then we'll go back to the phones here. We were just talking about how we don't even know who the coordinator is. They have the combine next week. How, how do you decide which kind of players you're targeting? Jim Leonard, he's he was just in college, right? He knows all these oh, kids play, coming yeah, out of draft. Yeah. That's a good Hey, look at you putting it together like this. Look at that. We are officially a Jim Leonard show. (laughs) Just write that one down. All right, AB's in Philly. What's up, AB? Hey, yo, man, man, I've got all my trust in Howie, man. One thing I want to say first, and I'm glad y'all moved on and get to talking about what's next, man, and that's trying to build for next year. You know what I mean? I think Howie could do it because, you know what I mean, he learned. You know, he didn't left, came back, won us a Super Bowl, I think he learned from his past experiences, man. I think he's going to do all right, man. I hope he, so. He, he definitely uh, he, he, he drafted Devontae Smith, didn't he? He did, and, and, and that was that was yeah, an that excellent was a, pick. Yeah, that was. But I think wasn't everybody – like, I wasn't here. So, when, when yeah. he drafted Devontae Smith, how did people feel about that? So, mo- I, say, I would say you almost everyone was on board. I was a little worried because – Because he was little. Well, anytime anyone's the same weight as I am, I'm going to worry about he's that. Little, yeah, so I was worried. But, but, A.B., you're right. That was a really good pick well, with Devontae. You, you know, I watched Devontae Smith play when he got that Heisman Trophy. He may be small, but you notice he played big. Yeah, he does. And how he – how he understands the character of Philly. If you look at these Philly teams, whether they win or lose, we the defense all have the same character. The only thing we was really missing in a lot of our teams was that explosive wide receiver and really a, a, a stable quarterback. And now we got an explosive wide receiver, a stable quarterback. So I think he and I think the Kobe Dean and, and Jordan Davis, I think they're gonna be all right. I think if they given a chance that they're gonna be able to come in and play, because you know young players is hungry. And they was able to look at that defense from last year and see what they did, and they know that they have those fills to shoot, those shoes to fill. You know what I mean? Yeah, I feel you on that. Well, they, AB, that's a good point. They got to watch it for a year. AB, we appreciate the phone call. Um, but they're going to need those guys. I know, I know, Hugh, you got a chance to watch them firsthand down in Georgia. But those, if I had to just guess next season, Dean and Davis are going to play major roles. Man, I love Nicobe Dean. I love, I love the way that he played the game. He's a leader. Uh, <laughs> I, I like the guy. Well, I was asking you this morning because because you you you've seen him play, and I was like, could you could potentially slide in Kobe Dean into that middle linebacker spot? Because you know linebackers play differently now. They're not those big physical guys that run downhill and and take on centers and everything. They're more cover guys. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking that maybe maybe he, I know he's a little bit smaller. But you could probably put him in the middle a little bit. Oh, maybe, I think so. Maybe play like a Zach Thomas. Yeah, well, who obviously a Hall of Famer. Yeah, yeah. it's a good comp. He was, yeah. he was tiny too. Yeah, man, I don't know. I don't know if he. Well, he made it, didn't he? Yeah, he did. I ain't hating or nothing. I'm just saying. saying maybe uh, that sounds like hate. I know. I know what it sounds like. <laughs> I mean, you know. So you're saying that when you were playing it at the like, same time, no, you, didn't, you didn't think Hall of Fame. I, I, I like. Listen, he's in the Hall of Fame. Cannot deny that. I just didn't see him when we played as a Hall of Fame player. Well, I'm all, I'm all for us being able to take guys out of the Hall of Fame when there's mistakes. We should be able to pull oh, them you out. You take them out. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the midday show Hall of Fame. Yeah, well, we have our own Hall of Fame. You're either, yeah, you're either in or you're out. Uh, but that's a, no, it's a good comp. He was a shorter, yeah, but, smaller guy. But he can hide behind those big D tackles. Well, we got a big. We, after, we yeah. certainly have a big one here. He could hide behind him, Jordan oh, yeah, Davis. Yeah, Jordan Davis, that beast man. Anybody could hide behind him. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. It's how you hop aboard here. Do you trust Howie Roseman? Because you know, and to get it right this time. He didn't play well, but it handcuffed how much they could put around Carson Wentz, and we're we're headed for the same thing now, where they're going to pay the quarterback a lot, and Howie Rose has to make the right choices around a Patrick. Hey, Patrick. Yo, Patrick. What's up, Patrick? Oh, we'll get Patrick back up here. Rob, Rob's up here on WIP. Hey, Rob. 
Yo, guys, how you doing, man? What's up? Hey, Rob. What's going on? Hey, hey, you listen, man. I, I know Joe. I've been calling Joe for a while. And the reason me and Joe get along is, you know, he don't blow smoke, but you know what? Like, he keeps it real. And that's why I think the show is going to work with you, dude, because we know you from a player. Now, I don't know you personally, but just from what I see and what I hear, you keep it real. Like, we can disagree here. You know what I mean? We can oh, yeah. That, we can disagree all day long, brother. There's no, there's no animosity here, for sure. We butt heads. I see you on the street. Five minutes later, I'll buy you beer and some wings. That's, you know how, that's I mean? how it is in Philadelphia. That's what we do. That's why it's going to work. So I know the show's going to be a success, guys. So I just want to say that a little personal note. Um, listen, before I touch on the birds real fast, MB, I'm starting to get the nickname of Anthony Davis. You know what Anthony Davis' nickname is out in L.A.? You know what it is? Street clothes. Street clothes. <laughs> I did not know that. <laughs> yeah, street, street clothes, you. They call them street clothes out there. So <laughs> let me tell you something. I love the big man, but if he's questionable – when the first game rolls around, what is that Thursday, days, right? That's Thursday tomorrow. Tomorrow night uh, yeah. against the Grizzlies. Yeah, and then we got it's a fun game. And then we got Boston right, right after. Yes, that. Boston so, on Saturday night. If, if he's questionable, I'm. Um, I'm gonna lose my mind. Wait Rob. a minute. Wait a minute. Okay, this is the thing. If if is it if he if you know we know his foot wasn't hurting. If he says his foot hurting, are you are you mad about that? Or what if he says something else? Like what if he says his back is tight? Oh, I'm mad. <laughs> You're still going to be mad. mad. He played 28 <laughs> minutes in a meaningless game. I don't care if he's got the sniffles on, man. You know what I mean? Come on now. Street clothes. You're going to start calling them street clothes. But listen, so that's enough said on that. Listen, it's big with Hallie. You know, because last time we got a big money to a franchise quarterback. Now, granted, you know, it was Carson Wentz. It didn't work out. We're about to do even more with Jalen. You know, Hallie's going to have to work magic in a lot of other areas. It seems like it's like every five years. You know what I mean? We can't do. We can't afford to be good every five years. Like you said, we got to be competitive every year. So it's it's a big it's a big year for Hallie. So I'm a little unsure. You know what I mean? I'm a little unsure, Joe. Well, we've you know? never seen him do this, right? We've seen him do a lot of good things, right? He, he's moved around in the draft. He's traded up. Yeah. He's traded back. Like he he's we we know his resume. He's done a lot of great things as a GM. But the one thing he's never done is is build back to back. You know, contenders, right? Where we're, you know, we were, we're deep in the playoffs. Back, that's never happened under Howie Roseman. That until I see it, Rob, I, I gotta, I gotta see it to believe it, kind of thing. And I understand what you said. It's part of the job, you know what I mean? I don't know what the success rate on a good GM. You know, if it's fifty percent, you know what I mean, forty-five percent. I don't know what it is, but I know you're gonna hit and miss. Even the good ones hit and miss. But again, we're talking about Howie, and it's a big off season for Howie. And I'm, I'm gonna be optimistic. I think we can get back there. Why not? The end of the season is really weak. Why not? This is the year for Howie to jump on. So, well, Rob, yeah, know. man, we appreciate the phone call. I mean, one thing that Rob said to you that that helps Howie in all this is the NFC is weak. So he's weak as T. He, maybe he doesn't is weak as your T. No, that T that'd be pretty good. It's not Long Island, by the way. Somebody said it was a Long Island. No. Yeah, I, I think an it hour. Was a long time, Lyle and Ice T. We'd be slurring up here by right now. <laughs> Kyle would be hitting the, the dump button every five seconds. <laughs> yeah, it would be good. But one thing the, in the NFC that gives Howie a little leeway is. The NFC is weak. Like he yes. maybe he doesn't have to hit a thousand to get back, you know, deep in the playoffs. Be competitive. You got a quarterback. Like look at look at it like this, people. Look at how many teams. Look at how many quarterbacks are going to be moving in the offseason. Like you are talking about Derek Carr. Derek Carr. They're, they're trying to make a decision right now, not in the NFC. But Aaron Rodgers might not be in the NFC. Mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers might be a Jet. Who knows? Who knows where he's going? So there's an opportunity there where you get your quarterback signed. You put some more pieces out there on the field. You could potentially be back in the mix. You could be in the hunt next year. Well, and they should be in this. You know, in this NFC. I mean, we went over some of the quarterbacks yesterday in the NFC. There's just all the quarterbacks, the top ones. It seems like you know, eighty percent of them are concentrated in the AFC. So yeah. it, it helps Howie Roseman, helps the Eagles. That that all being said, the NFC wasn't exactly a a murderer's row five years ago. I mean, mm. it, it wasn't, and and the Eagles still struggled to get back. Like in the NFC East five years ago. Yeah, Dak Prescott, all right, he's a pretty good quarterback, but not great. Mm-hmm. The Giants had an old Eli Manning right before they even drafted Daniel Jones, and, and Eli wasn't good anymore. And and the Commanders haven't had a quarterback my entire life. So, still like, ain't going to have one. And they still don't have one with Heineke, Howell, whatever they're going to do down the there. The best quarterback that they had, they franchised him twice. Cousins. <laughs> and, he's, and then they let him go. He's in Minnesota. It's, it's, it's crazy. How that work out for them in Minnesota, too? Not great. The quarterback, like, listen, man, the quarterback situation is horrendous. In the NFL. And and that's why we look like we have one. And you have to pay him. Because you do not want him to be disgruntled. You do not want him to want to go somewhere else. You gotta pay him and let him grow. The the, the this is this is the window for young quarterbacks nowadays. Had a chance to talk to Jaws and, and he he was saying this. 
you got, you you got two to three years to find out what they are. Jalen Hurts third year, mm-hmm. so you you he's trending in the right direction. So you have to you got to you got to let him you got to pay the man pay the man yeah and they pay the man they should we all agree on that but that changes how they put place you know people around them pieces around them it, it just changes the math it changes the roster two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four let's talk to Patrick who's up here I think Patrick was muted a few minutes ago what's up Patrick Patrick yeah sorry about that guys all hey, good uh, yeah uh, I got my list of uh, free agents here. The the one category that's blank is hometown discount. I mean that's not going to happen, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> it's a nice it's I mean, a nice thought though. It's a definitely yeah. nice thought. Yeah. As for Howard uh, Howie, I, I think he uh, he has a great challenge, but he has a great opportunity. He has a lot of things going for him, uh, but he has challenges, of course, on defense. But he has a great de- offense. He, he's in good shape. We're in good shape in the conference. And, you know, as a previous caller mentioned, uh, he's going to have to hit on some draft picks. There's just no doubt about it. Well, he's going to have to hit, and they're going to have to play early, Patrick. It's not, it's not even – you know, sometimes these, pet, these draft picks, it's like, you know, it, it, by year two or three, they, they kind of come on and, they, and they're really good. They can't wait, right? They're, these draft picks, whoever they are, they're going to have to play very early in their career just because the way the roster is kind of set up now. Yeah, absolutely. I see a cornerback has to play. I mean, that's, you know, James Bradbury, he's basically, you know, 30 years old, multi-year contract. It's just not going to happen if they have Slay. Now, if they could trade Slay, they keep Bradbury, but they can't have both. No, I mean, and that would be shocking if if they had both at, at, at big money in their 30s. Patrick, we appreciate the phone call. Yeah, I mean, this. I would love to be on the a fly on the wall in Howie's office right now. I'm sure he's got like a board of like he's got prioritizing who he wants to keep here. Yeah, and I don't know what the order would be. I mean, I would think Hargrave's near the top. I, I would say if if I was a bet man, and, and this this would be I think the order that he has him in. Uh, Jalen Hurst is number one priority. Got to probably say Jason Kelsey is the second priority. Well, no, wait a minute. Put, put that back. I would say. Uh, the, the Gardner Johnson is the second priority. CJ, then Kelsey, and then everybody else. You can just however you want to put them in there. I don't like no disrespect to Miles Sanders. I don't think he's that much of a priority. If he was, if it was my list, he'd be at the bottom, the very bottom. Yeah, I, no disrespect because I, you, you, Miles Sanders is going to go somewhere else and get a ton of money. He's going to do that, and, I, and I'm happy for him. It's just unfortunate that he's not going to be here, but he is not somebody. That I am going to, you know, it, 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 he can go. Yeah, maybe if it was a different kind of year, maybe if they only had two free agents, yeah. right? If they had fifty million in cap room, Hertz wasn't getting paid. Sure, you want to come back, Miles, for six million a year, whatever, man. C- come on back. Yeah, that's not the case. No, too many no. free agents, yeah. too many people out there for, um, you know, for any priority on Miles Sanders. But, but this is, you know, five years ago we were in this exact spot, and there was talk here, Kyle. You remember people were talking about dynasty? Could the Eagles? The new norm. The new norm. And then they didn't get back to a conference title game again until this past year. I mean, it's it's hard to sustain this level for any GM. And Howie Roseman, for as many great things he's done in the NFL and for the Eagles, he has not sustained it. I don't trust that he can. I need I need to see it. 215-592-9494. Do you trust that Howie will get it right this time after a Super Bowl appearance? Five years ago, there were a lot of mistakes. Players that were resigned that shouldn't have been. Bad contracts given out. Obviously, the money to the quarterback changed everything for the Eagles and how how he did how he did it, and it went bad. Two one five five nine two nine four nine four. It's how you hop aboard on this Wednesday morning. We got a lot to get to. We'll take all your phone calls coming up here on your trust in Howie Roseman. Do you trust him to get it right this time after messing up after the last Super Bowl? And we got to hit this on the other side. The James Harden to Houston rumors are back. A Houston reporter put a number on the likelihood of Harden returning next offseason. It's, it's pretty incredible. We'll play it for you on the other side, and we'll get Elliot's thoughts as well on how he's tough offseason ahead. All your phone calls, 215-592-9494 on Sports Radio 94 WIP. FanDuel Sportsbook, in partnership with Valley Forge Casino, is here to help you make every moment more for all your favorite sports and all your favorite teams. Right now, new customers getting no sweat first, but up to $1,000. Just sign up, going to FanDuel.com slash G-I-G-L-I-O. Place your first bet, and FanDuel will give up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if you don't win, look, th- there's so much out there, including how about we'll take an over tomorrow night on the Grizzlies and the Six. So I think it's going to be a fun game tomorrow night. And they have great promotions every day. Safe and Secure is the app, and you get paid fast. FanDuel Sportsbook is the official partner of 94WIP. I really like the FanDuel app. There's no better place to bet every major sport 
than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. So go to FanDuel.com slash G-I-G-L-I-L. Download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started with your no-sweat-first bet up to $1,000. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast you know obviously i had uh, the incident three days ago i don't think for a percentage chance what would you put that opening day starts next year and james harden is on this Houston Rockets <laughs> roster hey I'm putting that at a seven out of ten. Okay. I, I, I think, you know, where the smoke, there's fire. And, you know, James loves the city. He loves those guys on the roster, the young players in Houston. He has ties to the city businesses. His home is here. And, you know, crazy things have happened. So don't call me crazy, but you might be seeing something different. All right. Don't call him crazy, but Kelly Eco of The Athletic down in Houston thinks James Harden's headed back to the Rockets. Welcome back. Sports Radio 94 WIP. Hugh Douglas, Joe Giglio, it is the Midday Show. Kyle Quinn behind the glass. You guys with us, 215-592-9494. Get your board here. We'll get back to all the conversation on Howie in a second here, but how about that, You is the Sixers come out of the All-Star break tomorrow. They'll play the Grizzlies tomorrow night and really a big stretch next couple weeks with the schedule tightening up. But, you know, James Harden's had a nice year for the Sixers. He's been better this year than I thought he'd be because I, I didn't like what I saw down the stretch last year. Mm-hmm. And he's got this contract where he could he could be out after this year. And that reporter down in Houston, I, I, and seems pretty plugged in, gives it a 70% chance he's bolting to go back to the Rockets after this season. That to me, like the one thing that I could never understand about basketball players is, is the way that they think. You know, when you talk about a team that could potentially be a contender to go back to Houston, I, 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 don't, I don't understand that. I don't, maybe, you like, like you said, like the area and everything. I just never understood the psyche of basketball players. Yeah, and I'm trying to figure out where that's coming from because you know there's always leverage involved. Maybe the Sixers want it. he wants more money from the Sixers. Maybe. So maybe Houston could become his leverage if he goes back there. The weird thing is they moved. To, I mean, Daryl Morey wanted this guy here. I mean, yeah. it was kind of a plan they for years, and earth, right? Yeah, they moved heaven and earth to get him. And they basically waited. They held on to Ben Simmons, who's his own disaster, until Harden could kind of force his way out of Brooklyn and then made the swap. And for the most part, it's worked out. I mean, Harden is certainly a better player than Ben Simmons, and has been a better Sixer, but. I'll tell you what, you I mean, at his age, if he wants a max contract and the Rockets are to give it to him, I'm not going to cry if he leaves. I'm, I'm not. Yeah. I'm just not going to lose any sleep if James Harden bolts back to Houston. I mean, see you, man. Yeah, and that's what it kind of sounds like. It's about you know trying to use that leverage to go back to a city that you know is. I don't think is. I mean, Houston's nice, but when you talk about the the potential, a chance to to actually be in a, in, in contention. I think Philly's a better place for you. But yeah. I mean, hey, I'm not going to cry about that if he decides to leave. No, I, I won't cry either. And it's it's really it's it's interesting. And I I'm very I'm just I can't wait to see what the reaction here you is over the, with the Sixers for the next two or three months because they've I, I've been telling you about this. They've gone so far under the radar this season. 
because we opened the Sixers season with the Phillies World Series run. Playoff mm. run, World Series run. So they were on the back burner. And then the Phillies were done, and the Eagles were undefeated. And then the Eagles were in the midst of you know trying to make it to the Super Bowl, win the division, get home field, make it to the Super Bowl. This entire Sixers season has gone, gone totally under the radar. And now, and they play their first game tomorrow night, you would think it's like their time to kind of take the spotlight back a little bit. But I... I don't know. I, I think people are just like at arm's length because they've been so disappointing in the playoffs the last you know four years. Yeah, and I remember that playoff run a few years ago when uh you know Atlanta Hawks came here. It was a disaster. And it was a it was a surprise to everyone mm. because when you look at that matchup, you just knew like the, the the Hawks were up and coming and Trey Young was coming into his own and you know playing against the Sixers. I thought it was all about the Sixers and that that was not the case. Now that that was when I that's what, isn't that when the wheels fell off of Ben Simmons? Oh my goodness! I, oh yeah! <laughs> I don't know if there's ever been a moment in sports where everyone collectively said, "I'm done with that guy." No, like can, that. Can I tell you, from afar, I felt bad for. I was probably the only person that felt bad for Ben Simmons because I knew exactly what was about to happen. I was like, "Oh no, baby, what is you doing?" <laughs> I was like, "What is you doing?" And I remember telling my, my producer down in the I saw oh, they about to kill him in Philly. I oh said, my. He, he can't go to he can't go eat nowhere because they're gonna spit in his food. The crazy part <laughs> is, and, and Kyle, I, I wonder if you agree with this. I, I would say before that series, we were still at 60-40. 60 percent of people defended Ben Simmons. They yeah. said he does a lot of things well. It doesn't matter. He doesn't shoot. It went from sixty to zero when that series was over. It no. might have even been like 50-50. Yeah, but I don't think I've ever seen a, a, a bigger swing because you're right. It was it was a hundred percent of people on the side of I screw Ben Simmons. Get so, him out of here. Like I don't feel bad for anybody really, but I felt so bad for him because I'm like this cat can't go to the grocery store. He can't go get his car washed. He can't go nowhere in Philly without somebody saying, "Yo, you stink." <laughs> <laughs> He's yeah. a treasure. Yo. Ben Simmons, you stink. Yeah, I didn't feel bad. I, I, I didn't feel bad at all. That guy was No, a, if you're not bum. used to, like, could you imagine going to the store, going to the CVS? Yo, Ben, you stink. Wasn't you're someone harassing him in a, in a candy store? Yes, yes. No, like, that's, like, listen, man. Like, that. that is the absolute worst feeling in the world. You know, going somewhere, you're not even, you just mind your own business and somebody just yell out, yo, you stink. Shoot the damn ball. Well, I mean that the image, the image. What's wrong with you? The image of the dunk against the Hawks that he passed up—it's burned in my brain. Yes, it's burned in my brain. I mean, all he had to do was dunk the ball, and he just—he passed it away. I, it's unbelievable. Even Trey Young was almost like, "What is you doing? Did he just baby, really pass oh, that baby, ball? What is you doing? I thank God every day that I never had to deal with anything like that. You're, you're lucky. on the other side. <laughs> you, yeah, you are lucky. I am so lucky. Cause that that'll break a person. Can you imagine that? A whole city, like not just the fan, everybody in that way, everybody's a fan. They just don't like you. It you can't go break anywhere. Him. It was. I'll tell you what. It was exhausting talking about it because people defended that guy to the, to the nth degree. It's unbelievable. Celebrate him. Celebrate yeah. all the stuff he does well. That's enough, Glenn. That's <laughs> what enough. has he done well lately? Nothing. He's oh now he now he's bad. I mean he here he was just you know he was up and down, but he was bad. All right, listen to James Hart. A couple weeks ago, he was asked about this report that is now resurfaced again. Uh, what a reporter down used to saying seventy percent chance Harden leaves to go back. Here was Harden a few weeks ago, and and he did not. You know he he could have easily thrown cold water on it. He didn't really do that. Here it is. I'm here. We're we're playing very very well, and yeah, I don't know where that report came from, but um, I'm excited to be here, and we're, we're playing well, and we're continuing to get better. I don't, you know, anytime somebody stuttering, I, that my my mm. my thing is they might be not be telling the story. I mean, they don't maybe be telling the truth. Yeah, and he didn't say I, I'm, I'm excited start, to be you here. Like, dit, 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 you, you, yeah, you, you know, you're doing that. Yeah, you might. He said you I'm might. here. Like we yeah. we know you're here. You're literally yeah, sitting here. We get it. <laughs> but you know, he didn't say I'm excited to be here. We're building something for the future. I, I'm excited for the next phase of my career. I'm here. Yeah, we we I'm know here that right now until something changes. <laughs> until someone gives me more money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, listen, and your reaction to this, 215-592-9494. Uh, more rumors of Harden potentially wanting to go back to Houston and leaving. And my my reaction is pretty simple. See ya. Like, you know I, I, I'm just, I know you know, Joe. You know how many games they won this year? The Sixers? The the Houston Rockets. Oh, I don't know, like 10, 13? 13 games. <laughs> See ya, man. You want to go back? Go back. I I just want to go get my back beating every night. Nobody comes to the game. I just, you know. Whatever. Well, he's got the, the lifestyle down there. He he appreciated maybe more than here. Houston, Houston's okay. Houston's nice. I went down there for the first time during the World Series. I thought it was an okay city. Yeah, Houston's nice. They have some nice. They have some nice areas. I mean, it's really laid. Like the South is laid back, man. It's 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 not as intense here. I mean, there. So that's probably what he likes. 
because it's it's really really laid back. It's really really laid. Back. Yeah, and you're right. It is it is pretty intense here. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. All right, let's go back to the phones here. Do you trust Howie Roseman to get it right this time? Clearly and obviously screwed up after the last Super Bowl, made a lot of poor decisions, and the team suffered. Do you trust him to to do it the right way this time? You does. Kyle does. I, I don't. I need to see this to believe it. It's the one hole in Howie's game sustaining winning. John is in Coatesville. Hey, John. Hey, Joe. Welcome back, Hugh. What's going on, man? How you doing? Hey, John. I'm doing pretty good. Hugh, I'm trying to get on my Howie point real quick. Did you just say you felt bad for Ben Simmons? I did. Listen, listen, man. I, I <laughs> Because I knew how y'all were going to come at him. I just knew that was going to happen. So, yeah, I felt bad for him. I really did. The man deserves nothing but a world of pain. <laughs> John, he, he was he turned into such a polarizing figure here, and he was by the end he was he was unplayable, John. You couldn't put him on the court. Amen. But real quick about Howie, I do trust Howie for one reason. Yes, he has made mistakes with his draft picks. Maybe a couple free agents, but not as many free agents as with the draft picks. Mm-hmm. But he has learned from his mistakes. Like when he was kicked in the bloom closet by dummy Chip Kelly, <laughs> I always think he studied and he got an education too, which helped him a lot. Well, John, he did. No, he came back a better general manager from what all that happened. John, we appreciate the phone call. But but here's also p- part of the story. He came back a better GM, but he still screwed up after the Super Bowl. Like, this is just – it's something that he's never done before. Mm-hmm. And, and it's – Hugh, it's hard. I mean, it's not just Howie. Having that young quarterback that's cheap is almost a cheat code. You could put all Especially these – nowadays. Yeah, you put Especially all these good players nowadays. around him. So – the reality is how he's not going to have that cheat code anymore, and it's nobody's fault, right? Jalen should get paid. We all agree he's going to get paid. That's fine. But the cheat code is gone, which means how he's got to be really good at all the little things because he can't just say, oh, I need a corner. I'll just pay James Bradbury. It doesn't yeah. work that way now. Yeah, and 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 that's that's what you're you're hinging it on, man, is the fact that, you know, he's getting – he's going to ascend to the point where, you know – for lack of a better way of saying it, he's not going to make that mistake of, of fumbling mm-hmm. in the Super Bowl. He learns from that mistake, and he can carry this team in situations where, you know, the defense might be lacking. The thing that I like about him is this. He went toe-to-toe, whether you like it or not, with the best quarterback in the game. And what it came down to was mistakes. Mistakes. When you look at that game, people, mistakes killed the Eagles. Bottom line. But everything else, like up until that point, until those mistakes were made, we were right there. Everybody was feeling good. When that fumble came, it was like, oh, no, that's a mistake. Because you know that the team, the quarterback that Patrick Mahomes is, that team is going to capitalize mm-hmm. on those mistakes. And that's exactly what Big Red did, man. Yeah. it's it, When you think back to the game, um, and I heard you, Cameron Richie, this morning talking about it, his Joe is still not over the game, and, and he was discussed trying to get over it. It, it, is, it is amazing how every – issue the Eagles had was their own fault. It was their own mistake, Got right? Yourself in the foot. The, the, the Sipos punt, which was a terrible punt, the punt return, which I mean, they also could have made a tackle. They didn't make a tackle on the punt return. The Bradbury hold, he like we talked about the other day, he did hold as much yeah. as it was frustrating. The Jalen fumble, say Amalo off, you know, false nothing, start. Like nothing that they did, like you didn't get beat down. Mm-mm. You did not get beat down. You made mistakes that killed you, that you could not recover from. And, and that's what it was. Like the bottom line, that's what it was. And, and that's why I feel like, you know, you learn from those mistakes and you have an opportunity. You have a chance. You make the right moves in the offseason to be right back in that situation. Well, they do. But Howie's got to make those right moves. 215-592-9494. Eric is up here on WIP. Hey, Eric. Hey, man. How y'all, how y'all doing? What's going it's on, Good man? to hear you, Hugh. Hey, good to be here, man, for real. Thank you so much. Uh, I believe that Howie can do it. Uh, I, I, would, I definitely feel like, you know, he – it's, it's, it's going to be some, some hits. It might be a mess. But the, my thing is that I know that organizationally, the Eagles like to build through the trenches, O-line, D-line, and I definitely feel like, you know, with Jordan Davis having kind of a underwhelming season, they need somebody next to him. They need a defensive end anyway. So I feel like that guy from uh, Georgia, you know, have a, like, have a D-line of Georgia players and then put – uh, Dean, I think Dean's natural position is weak side. I think he's better there. They can let Kazir 
white girl or whatever and put Dean there. Mm-hmm. But uh, I feel like I trust them. But I know that they, they need to get some more draft capital. They don't have a fourth-round pick, so maybe they can do something. Yeah, I, Eric, it wouldn't surprise pick. me if they trade back from that 10th pick, if they drop back to, like, I don't know, 15, 16 and pick up a couple picks in between. They, they could do that. Eric, what are you thinking on Harden? Well, I, I'm, I mean, I'm ready for him to go. You know, if he wants to go, he can he can roll. I mean, he's not getting another max contract from the Sixers because they they're no. They, people say that they're close, they're better in a better position with Harden, but are they really? Can they beat Boston? Can they beat? Uh, Milwaukee with Harden? I don't think so. I don't think so either. Mm. Eric, it's it's amazing. And Eric preached the phone call. See, you that speaks to what I was talking about with the Sixers. It's been they've obviously had a nice season, right? You look at their record; they're, they're third in the East. They're playing pretty good basketball. No one trusts them here, mm-hmm. and no, I, I don't. I, we can talk about it tomorrow a little bit before the game. I don't think people believe in this team. Like you would think, third place in the East, kind of close to the top, people would be a little bit excited. Everyone's just beaten down by all the years they have they have fallen apart in the second round. A little leery, a little leery. Yeah. But I, I will say this, I, and this is how I look at it at any playoff run. You got to get in. You get in, anything can happen. Who thought the year? I mean, like we just talked about it, the year that that the Hawks got in, that they, they would go as far as they did, conference finals. Yeah, they went as far as they did. You just have to get in, man. You you, and that's what when you set your team up, that's basically what you set them up for. You set them up for the opportunity to be in the postseason. So that anything that happens in the postseason is house money. Like they look at it like you're playing for house money. So they're in a great spot to be postseason. And when you get in, it's a different game. So maybe, maybe any anything is possible at that point. Well, you know, I, I appreciate your optimism on the Sixers because I've been beaten I'm down. I, I've been knockouts have been. Someone's got to be optimistic yeah, on the Sixers. Someone, I'm glad we have. I you. am optimistic about sports, man. As a whole, you know, I was listening to my man Ike yesterday, and I was like, damn, Ike brings way sometimes way too much reality. <laughs> situation when he was talking about he could be the reality guy no like no but I, I that's what i respect about it. Like, i remember having plenty of conversations with ike where you know i'm being optimistic about certain things and he'll just be like man that ain't about to happen <laughs> and i'm like damn you might be right Ooh. <laughs> yeah he will he will bring no, the yeah, reality I'm listening because listening, like you know i'm listening to their show and i'm thinking i'm listening to what he said i'm like damn that's that's kind of too much reality for <laughs> Just, just losing the Super Bowl. Yeah, but, he brings you back a little yeah, bit. He brings it all the way back. Yeah, he brings it's it like back. He slaps you right across the lips. Like, shut up with that stupid talk. Like <laughs> you know that. what though? I think he's been optimistic on the Sixers team. So maybe we have a couple here running around. Because I, I know Kyle. There's a lot of, a lot of us are just, you know, it's it's been it's been a half a decade of the same thing. Dope. Yeah, well, there, there's <laughs> no, one guy who's the, the opposite of optimistic on no, the Sixers. I can see that. I can definitely see that. Yeah, yeah no, he's, that. He, he does not believe, and, and most people don't. Grandpa Howard. Yeah, Bob in Phoenix. But what's up, Bob? Hey, nothing much going on today, guys. Just want to wish you the very, very best of luck with your uh, new show. And um, uh, I'm sure you're going to have to feel the, uh, a lot of varying, various opinions uh, over the years. So uh, strap in and uh, uh, good luck. Thank you, Bob. Hey, We're going to have a lot of fun. Much, sir. Yeah. Hey, listen, uh, uh, Joe, I want to, um, I know you're worried about Howie. Can he do this? And I would like to counter by saying that I think the evidence is already there that he can do this. Um, he knew when all these free agents were coming up. And if you look at their roster, um, we'll just start right in that backfield. Uh, they've got Kenny Gainwell, who actually played more in the playoffs uh, than uh, Sanders did. Uh, at center, Kelsey handpicked his uh, his replacement. He was a second-rated center. And on defense, obviously, they drafted Kobe Dean, who can probably play either linebacker, White or Edwards, whichever one they don't keep. And at the tackle spot, they got Jordan Davis, and they got the, a guy that doesn't get a lot of pub, but uh, Milton Williams really graded out well with PFF. So uh, they've got five guys right there that were backups last year that I think have legitimate legitimate opportunities and we can have some optimism that they can step right in. They've been on the team for a year and uh, I think they're good players. And I think Howie saw that coming and he, he drafted those players with uh, this year in mind. I don't think it's quite as dire as everyone thinks. Bob, I think it's a fair point that they've kind of been planning for this a little bit, right? That's why Davis is here. It's why Dean is here. It's why Jurgens is here. But the one thing is, and, and I think we have faith, but we don't know if those guys could play yet. I mean, Jordan Davis watched him play a little bit, so I think there's, you know, at least we have some feel for how he plays, and he'll get a bigger role. But 
We haven't watched Dean really play yet. It's just it's a projection. And Jurgens, we didn't yeah. watch at all. So Bob, you're right. Like he's been planning ahead, which all good executives do. But we don't know yet if if the plan is a good one yet. I would think with well, Kobe Dean, the the biggest issue would be injuries. Like because he was injured, he had yeah. a lot of injuries. Well, that's why he, he fell in the draft, yeah. apparently. Yeah, yeah. They, uh, you're right. But uh, I guess everyone has to at least have a plan. It's not like uh, I did feel last time he gave out a lot of bad contracts because he panicked. You know, he had no, he had no plan. But, uh, you know, this time I, I don't see that happening. You know, I think we really need, a, obviously, a defensive end and a cornerback. And other than that, we can draft a lot of depth players. And if the players don't pan out, well, then that's the way it goes. But it seems like a lot of people besides Howie think these guys are players. And um, they just haven't had uh, – most of them just haven't had the opportunity. I'm much more optimistic with this team than I was with the 17 team. That had nothing to do with Carson Wentz going off the rails. That just, it seems like they had they have a plan for sustaining excellence, and the NFC stinks, so that helps too. Well, Bob, it does. And that, that's kind of the silver lining, Bob. I appreciate it. But, but uh, just to go back to that, though, there was a lot of optimism here after 17 that they would do it again. Like that, I think it's a little revisionist history. But, but you, the, the NFC... Is certainly like I, I think when Howie wakes up and looks at his you know his board of like big free board, agents, the big draft board, he has to have a little section that says NFC and he's got the teams there and he's probably smiling like all right yeah. that's my competition yeah because 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 you like I said you build your team to get out of your division first and so you're looking at their strengths and their weaknesses and you try to build your team to counter all of that so yeah you you're sitting there and you're hoping to sweet little baby Jesus. That they pay Daniel Jones all that money and keep him forty five. Yeah, you you hope to Jesus they keep they keep him there playing quarterback, and you hope he acts well. Not really because then that means you're going to pay Jalen a whole lot of money. <laughs> but you get what I'm saying. You hope you pay Jalen first, and then yeah, they pay gotta, him the yeah, same. Gotta, yeah, yeah, it makes you, yeah, it puts a little pressure on you to get a, get his deal done. Yeah, it, it certainly changed things. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. Let's go to uh, we got Lenny here, Conchaka. What's up, Lenny? What's going on, boys? How are you? What's going on, man? Ah, I'm glad. I'm glad to hear you guys. You guys sound good together. Thank you, brother. Thanks, Lenny. What are you thinking today? All right, so I've got the utmost uh, confidence in Howie. So up first, you kind of – I was going to talk about division last, but I'll go first since you're talking about it. Um, if you look at the Giants, they're losing their entire specialty players. Their, their entire receiving course free agents. Their running backs free agent. Their quarterback is free agent. The, the commanders are just lost. The Cowboys are pretty much in cap hell. So if you want to talk about getting sustained success, getting the division every single year is the way to get about that. How do you feel about that first? Yeah, and you've been speaking about this all morning. You're right. And that's part of the reason why you, I thought your teams, um, you know, about 20 years ago had so much success because you guys, the first thing was you dominated the division. I mean, yeah. every year, and, and it's funny, no one's done this since that team, right? Since the 3 4 Eagles, nobody has won back-to-back division titles. But that was the key. I mean, every year it started, it was like, all right, we know the Eagles will win the NFC East, and then the whole thing from there is how far could you go. But that's that's everything. Yeah, that that's that was the mantra that Coach Reed used to preach to us all the time. Hey, first of all, win your division. Get in. And after that, all bets are on. <laughs> like so, at that point. Yeah, so so like so dominating that goes, right? So going with this, for the first time in my entire life, I'm thirty five years old. I can say with hundred percent confidence that we have a top five quarterback in the NFL. And top five quarterbacks find a way to get to the playoffs every single year. Now, Howie has found a way to continue to bring assets in. One thing that's being underlooked very, 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 very much by everyone is the amount of compensatory picks we're going to get for all the people we lose. So everybody is waiting like, we have no picks this year. We have no picks this year. Wait till you see how he's going to move some of these threes. We're going to get a three for Dillard. We're going to get probably two fours for uh, Hargrave, uh, uh, whoever it may be. And we're going to get some of these guys in. Guys, Howie's got it. He's going to bring it in here. Relax. We've got the most aggressive, fundamental general manager in the game right now. Enjoy this dominance. Go Birds. Love it, Lanny. Appreciate it. Um, and and he, he brings up a good point there. You the compensatory picks, but that that won't convey till next year, right? They'll lose Bradbury. They'll lose. Yeah, that will kick in until next year. But but to his point, you're you're adding pieces. Yes, you're adding pieces. Uh, I, I think the most important thing to do this year is you you have to remain competitive. You know, and that was the one thing with with when with the teams that I was on here, is that that's what we did when Andy Reed, when we went on the run with Andy, we we, re, we remained competitive. 
Yeah, and, and you know what? They had the ability, your, your teams back in the day, to lose pieces and still figure it out. Like yes. there were, We were talking earlier before the show. Dave Spadaro wrote a piece over at the, at the Eagles website kind of comparing this team to like 01, right, around that time. And you guys lost pieces. It wasn't like you had the same exact team, 01, 02. But you, you, whoever they added, you know, whether it be Blaine Bishop, Barber, like th- those guys filled in and it worked. So, and we were still able to be, be a competitive team yes. and, and win the division and get in the playoffs. That's what it is. But I will say this. The one thing that, that Howie did with this team that made me a little jealous, they went out and got a damn receiver, though. They got a couple of them things. Boy, that, that, like the one, the, all the teams that we had, that was the one area where we, we did not – we had some decent ones, but not like the ones they have now. No, I mean, not even close. <laughs> not man, even listen. close. Man, listen, and, you know, you get a little, you know, you get a little jealous when you're an older player. You look at that and be like, damn. If we just had an A.J. Brown or Devontae. If we had a Devontae Smith, man, we'd be, we'd be four Super Bowls in right now. But that's in the past. Yeah. Let it go. Let it go. Yeah. And I'm he, not bitter well, at all. It doesn't sound like you're bitter. I ain't bitter at all, dog. One thing you're going to learn about me, I'll bring it up, and it's going to sound like it's hate in my heart. But that, that ain't hate. That's uh-huh. just me reflecting. Just an observation. That's just me reflecting and maybe hating a little bit. <laughs> Tiny bit, tiny there bit. There we go. We got it. Yeah, out. we 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 got it out I'm gonna there. I'm gonna keep it real. Now I'm hating a little, but it's like, damn, Howie, where was you at when we was trying to win these these division titles? And y'all talking about, hey, we got we got enough. The hell if we do. Well, they did. You didn't. You didn't. The hell if we do. You did not. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. It's how you hop in. Lot to talk about here on this Wednesday. Howie Roseman five years ago screwed it up. He admitted it. Did not do a good enough job after the Super Bowl, you know, championship of keeping that team on top. Do you trust Howie to get it right this time? Hugh does. Kyle does. I, I don't. I need to see it. It's the one hole in Howie's game, and I'm a big Howie fan, but it's a hole in his game sustaining excellence. Two one five five nine two nine four nine four. Sounds like there's more rumors James Harden could leave. I, I, I'm not going to cry if he walks out and goes back to Houston. We'll discuss that. And coming up, Elliot Shore Parks will join us in studio. We'll get his take on Howie this offseason and his opinion on the Sixers as well. All your calls coming up. 215-592-9494 on Sports Radio 94 WIP. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.